0: not as rare as you think you know what right. i mean good my my niche is actually this is my unique selling point i'm the uh, most recognizable sri lankan australian who used to be an accountant who now does comedy who's never been on i'm a celebrity get me out of here that's my <laughs> that's my unique selling point hi i'm suren jayamana and welcome to the life coach podcast what makes me a qualified life coach absolutely nothing which is actually a very important prerequisite for becoming a life coach. So I'm a stand-up comedian who used to be an accountant. So recently, I was looking at my bank balance, which is something you do quite a lot as a comedian who used to be an accountant, and I thought, isn't it weird they don't teach financial literacy in schools? And why so much geography? I don't remember a practical introduction to savings or a how-to on investing for the future. But I do remember, like, at least six weeks on the various types of rocks. That's geology as well. But don't worry, it's never too late to start learning, which is why I've gathered a bunch of friendly experts from Bendigo Bank to help school me and you, the listener, in some financy fundamentals. Plus, give us a ton of practical advice along the way. Just a quick note that this episode contains general information only and doesn't take into account your personal objectives, financial situation, or needs. Savings? More like spendings. How many times have I heard that recently? Actually, not many, thanks to self-checkouts and online shopping. In 2020, it's surprisingly easy to avoid any form of human contact. Does that gag, though, irritate us so much because it's a dad joke? Or is it because it cuts too close to the bone? Like, we all know we should be doing it, but when it comes to saving money, many of us find it really hard. really hard if I am able to actually see the money in my bank account. I need it to be out of sight, out of mind. Once you do dip into your savings, like, I find you make a habit of it.
1: I spend stupid money on stupid things all the time. All the time. Uh, spending money on dumb shit is the number one uh, hurdle to saving money. Yeah man, like this, uh, this shirt, I bought it off eBay for $35. I don't need it. I don't really even like to the Rajasthan Royals. I saw it and I wanted it and so I bought it. I'm basically living paycheck to paycheck, easy, yeah. All of my income is gone almost immediately paying for things that need to be paid for and then there's only a very small amount of money left that's just for living, let alone for saving. I would say the hardest thing about saving is probably the emergency expenses. Things like when you forget your keys inside and you're locked (laughs) out. The little
0: incidental things that come up throughout the week, like a little coffee at work few beers on the weekend, uh, a meal out with friends. There are too
1: many opportunities to spend your money. Not having a goal to save towards, um, this sort of nebulous concept of having savings, uh, doesn't really, doesn't really work for, for me in like a sort of mindset sense. What are you saving for in this current climate? You know, are you saving for a life that as we know it may not exist? I think it's a very big question for me because saving is like, what are you saving for when you are so uncertain about what the future holds?
0: Today I'm sitting down with Aggie Poliafico, who has spent the best part of 20 years empowering people to take control of their savings. And the good news is it doesn't have to be as hard as you think it is or mean, sacrificing quality of life. Aggie Polyafico, thank you, and welcome to the Life Coach Podcast. Thank you, it's a pleasure,
1: an absolute pleasure.
0: For starters, I was keen to understand why we even need to save. Like, what the actual heck is a rainy day, and why should I care? I'm not a farmer. I love the farmers. Let them have some rain. Aggie informs me that life is unpredictable, and having a little on the side means you're less likely to get yourself in a tricky situation, like dun dun dun, debt, and it helps you start building the future you envision.
1: Well, obviously, it's 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 part of your uh, living. If anything medically happens, or you know your car breaks down, rather than always trying to take out debt is being able to pay for it yourself and you know with that also that empowerment word comes along and says you know where to in my journey I I do want to own a home one day I do want to have you know an asset under my name so it gives you that it starts sort of setting that footprint for you and helping you out along the way to start those short-term goals to long-term goals.
0: Yeah, and it's great because I think when it comes to money, people don't talk openly about money or they, they bottle up their emotions when it comes to money. And I mean, it is all about having an open conversation so that you can start to make the right decisions, right?
1: It's the hardest hurdle. It's breaking the ice. It's um, coming up with a bit of ownership to say, yeah, I really want to get my finances sorted.
0: You've got to make an active decision that you're going to take control.
1: That's right. Sit down and give yourself a reality check. Evaluate exactly what you've got and is it working for you? You need to take control, prioritise what you want to do and be committed.
0: So the first step is taking control. Aggie informs me that the next step is understanding your finances. And she put it in really simple terms that even I could understand. Are there, do I need a, to know how to use a spreadsheet?
1: What spreadsheet? Are we talking about a budget spreadsheet? You better not be talking budget spreadsheets here. What okay, spreadsheet? Okay, that's
0: good news. That's good news. <laughs> that's what I wanted to hear. Good, okay.
1: <laughs> simple. Make it simple, Saren, please. She
0: made it really really simple for me.
1: It's really, really simple. It is really simple. There's three tiers to this. Um, Necessities, discretionary, and then savings. You know, you've got to sit down and go, what's your needs versus your wants? So your needs, it's a must. You look at your income and you go, okay, this is what I need to pay, whether it's rent, bills, uh, living, because you certainly need to eat. um, And then it's versus your wants. Do I sound like a banker? Have I sounded like a banker now, Serene?
0: I mean, if you do sound like a banker, then I feel like I've misjudged bankers.
1: (laughs) Okay, all right, okay. I'll I'll put it that way. Right, good.
0: (laughs) You know, I think this might actually be really simple. I just got to make sure whatever's coming in is more than whatever's going out. To understand what's going out, I track all my spending everything that comes out of my wallet, my bank account, my credit card. So then I just break that down into my needs and my wants. Things I can't live without, rent, transport, medical costs, bills, food, well they're needs. And spending going towards making life more enjoyable that I could live without, well that's a want. And it's my wants where I can start to take control. So when it comes to my money, I'm like some sort of reverse bouncer. My job is to intimidate anything trying to get out. Uh, Not tonight, buddy. And no, I won't be swayed by those fancy shoes. It was seemingly inevitable, but you can't talk about saving without mentioning those dreaded S and B words.
1: You know those words when you say sacrifice, budget... I don't know, those, those scary, yeah, words.
0: These are the, scary words. Yeah, they're scary words. That's yeah. why people avoid the conversation. Yeah. You know,
1: you do need to live life and uh, enjoy. You still need to, to live. You still need to go out and have dinner every so often, by all means. Make it really simple and don't be hard on yourself.
0: It's about lifestyle and not compromising on lifestyle too much, but also being realistic and being honest with yourself, I guess. Yes. That, and that's where that empowerment comes in.
1: That's exactly right, Seren. And you know what? It's, it's got to be designed for your lifestyle. The bottom line is you need to commit. Anybody can start today. And the quicker you start, the better it is.
0: There you have it. It all comes down to commitment. Commitment to your savings, of course. This isn't a relationship podcast. Who am I? Esther Perel? Do you have any practical tips around that that people can start doing now?
1: The first tip is is, um, start automating some of your direct debits. If you can get your employer to to sort of get a piece out of, you know, a chunk out of your income and get them to put it into another account for you so you don't see it, you don't feel it, Um, start automating your payments like your credit card payments have them set up on a monthly basis so you've got no excuse you know for a fact that once a month that credit card's going to be paid out or that that you know that monthly payment is going to come out of your income so um, set some automatic payments up and commit to them that's a really great way to start in terms of doing yeah. that
0: I've done that in my experience and I think it does, it, it actually helps with the idea of once it's in there, you can't touch it kind of thing That's right. because it's all, it just goes in and automating your bill payments as well, it forces you to really understand what's going in and coming out. Mm, exactly. What about this idea of having multiple bank accounts? You know, like one for savings, one for bills, one for fancy shoes. So Can I have a, can I have a guess of your four accounts? <laughs> Is it? um, Sure. So, Aggie's savings, I'm going to say, is the name of the first account. Yep. Um, Aggie's uh, uh, kids, Aggie's kitty, and Aggie's coffee. Is that right?
1: Go, you've got yeah, it. You, go. <laughs> you nailed know, it. My, my kiddies for my shoes. I love shoes. So when I have a crappy week or, you know, I need a bit of retail therapy, the first thing I go and do is go and buy shoes. Now so, you
0: are sounding like a banker.
1: <laughs> well, there you go. I can't do more than three, four accounts. You've got guys out there that have got an account for everything, so up to seven to eight accounts, one for travel, one for bills, one for drinking on Friday night with the boys, you know, all those And it works. It's all about what works for you. But uh, um, I certainly do recommend that you at least should have three, um, necessities, discretionary and savings. Three accounts? What am I, Martha Stewart? What am I, Renee
0: Rifkin? What am I... That guy from Billions? Hopefully, across those three references, I've managed to cover every demographic listening. But actually, three accounts is totally doable. There are people listening to this, I guarantee you, who have five Instagram accounts. You can do three bank accounts. Well, uh, this is my eating Instagram, and this is my cooking Instagram, and uh, this this is my dog's Instagram, and, and this is my dog's cooking Instagram. An everyday account for necessities. Keep lifestyle spending in a separate account and put my savings in another account where I know I won't touch it. You know what, Aggie? You're a genius. When you're choosing an account, some of the questions you might want to ask yourself are, um, how much? How uh, like? How much do I need access to this? Yep. Definitely. Um, and versus how long? So if it's an emergency fund, you, it's likely that you're only going to draw on it or use that fund in the case of an emergency. So in the meantime, it may as well be somewhere where it can earn you as much interest as
1: possible. Definitely. Definitely. You. And definitely then if
0: your your account where you're saving for more discretionary spend, you're going to be drawing on that and. and money's coming in and out of it more frequently so... It, it should be somewhere where it's easily accessible kind of thing.
1: Exactly, exactly. Cool. And you know what? You may get weeks where you've got three parties going on um, and um, that that entertainment account may be a little bit depleted as opposed to another week, but that's okay. That's fine. Um, but you're certainly playing with that money, um, you know, that you've got put aside for, for your discretionary, for your entertainment. The rule of thumb written down is, you know, 20% of your income should be going into savings. Sometimes you could reach that's too high for someone that's never done it before. Don't make it tough, um, you know, but certainly have that goal at the end and say, yep, you know what, I can't do 20 right now, but I certainly can put 10% of my savings in a, a way that it, it's going to be an emergency or some or you know, something that I'll, I'll need down the track.
0: The 20% or 10% rule is a pretty good framework for your budget depending on your earnings and there are ways to help your progress. Some savings accounts let you round up your daily transactions to the nearest dollar or $5 with the change then going directly into your savings account. Remember the average Australian spends about 34% of their food budget eating out which equates to around $1,600 a year. So if you can eat out less... That's money in the bank. It's almost like uh, the New Year's resolution. People set these outlandish resolutions and then they inevitably fail them. But if you set a goal that's challenging but not something that you can't achieve, that's maybe right. you're more likely to, to find it empowering and to be inspired to kind of reach that.
1: I love um, that word, Serene. Well, empowerment. I love that word. Bottom line, the whole mantra, the whole foundation to this is make it achievable.
0: In terms of lifestyle, do you have a magical number for how much people should be spending on rent?
1: Yeah, look, um, that magical number is, is, is all dependent on what income you make. Okay? So um, obviously, you come from Sydney, I come from Melbourne. Your rent would be crazy.
0: At two, Aggie, you're going to go all
1: Melbourne on me now?
0: You're going to trash Sydney just like all the people... Oh, you said rent would be crazy. Well, yeah, it is. Thank you for your understanding.
1: You really need to look at it and go, okay, if this is the income I'm making and 80% of that income is going on rent, why would you do that? Go 15Ks more out and get yourself the same type of home but without the beach view, for example, until you can afford it.
0: Yeah, Yeah. so it's like... Making a, a small compromise so that you know down the track you can you can open up the door for that lifestyle. Exactly. Kind of thing.
1: You're lucky yeah. you didn't say sacrifice. I like the I word compromise. I you're cop- lucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I,
0: sacrifice was at the top of my <laughs> tongue, but I was like, no, I can't say it. Oh. No,
1: you're not allowed to say that. <laughs> Definitely. Um,
0: What are some things that people, just to help jog people's kind of thoughts and uh, inspire people when it comes to goal setting, uh, what are some priorities you think people should have in mind? Um, okay.
1: Well, terms- the first the first thing they should be doing is they certainly need to be looking at if they've got existing debt. Um, once you sort of decide... Uh, your lifestyle changes, where you can cut costs, you can um, and you know you 've got already twenty bucks extra from your your income that week. you go, what do I do with this? Do I put it in my savings, or do I put an extra twenty dollars on my credit card and reduce my debt there? Go and reduce your debt
0: that's that 's a real crucial first priority because sure um, there 's no point having money in savings. Uh, if you're also accruing all of this interest on, uh, on your credit card because the interest you're paying on your credit card is going to be way higher. New research shows that a whopping 800,000 credit cards have been cancelled in Australia since the start of COVID-19, suggesting one small upshot of the pandemic is that it has seemed to result in us taking our finances more seriously but there is still over $23 billion of credit card debt in the country and it's something that can really hamper your savings goals.
1: There are a lot of people out there that have got a lot of credit card debt Um, and that to me should be part of your short-term goal. Let's reduce that debt. Let's get rid of some of it um, because that's a really high interest that you shouldn't be paying. Um, and then uh, the the long-term goal that you could be looking at is, is something in, in terms of buying a car or in terms of looking at, say, putting some money towards a, a house. Those long-term goals, when I say long-term, you're looking at between three to seven years. Um, it sounds so easy when we're talking about it, doesn't it? Oh, you know, this is what you need to be doing but don't, again, I just really want to make sure that our listeners um, understand. Please don't be hard on yourself on this. There's no right or wrong, you know don't go actually thinking oh my goodness what am i doing here if i can't get to this i haven't achieved this no if it takes you 3 months longer to do it let's take 3 months longer to do it but um you certainly you certainly put yourself in the right track if you do take those baby steps definitely
0: yeah that, cuz i have tough. a friend who had who took a long time to pay off his credit card debt but once he started to see his savings Balance. Mm. It almost became a game to him and he was just, he just became obsessed in a healthy way, but he became, it was exciting to, to watch that balance grow yeah. and, it, and he became protective of it. But it it, it took that first mindset shift to get him to that.
1: Exactly. It is a mind shift and it's a snowball effect, isn't it? So once you um, find that in the next three to six months, you're able to save $10 a week in your savings and you're liking the look of that balance, you go, I can now, I can push that $10 to $15 to $20 because I'm reducing my credit card. It struck me
0: that Aggie's whole job was helping people do what she was telling me. I had no idea that was an actual job. I realised that getting help with this kind of thing was something that was attainable for everyone. Who should we be making an appointment with? Who should we be going to talk to?
1: Start reaching out to the specific people that could assist you. Those specific people um, could be specialised people like your bank manager, build a relationship with your branch manager, build a relationship with your branch, with the organisation that you've got your money sitting in with at that, at that you know, at the moment.
0: Yeah, and it, it almost is like, try not to think of it as this adversarial kind of relationship. They're there to help you. Um, so go to them and you can be open about your circumstances with them and, and seek guidance. Definitely. I mean, I've done it with the butcher near my house. Why not there do it with the bank?
1: Exactly. Like butcher,
0: that butcher knows my name now, you know, that's, that's a good start.
1: Okay, so what's your, but, what's your butcher's name?
0: Uh, there's heaps of them, but there's oh, one, right. who, one who looks like a Viking, then there's the bald guy. There's, <laughs> <laughs> we have affectionate nicknames for our providors. Right, yeah. okay. Habitually saving a small amount of each paycheck sounds all well and dandy, But what if you just don't earn the same amount every pay cycle?
1: It sounds pretty tough, doesn't it, when you're sort of uh, receiving ad hoc, um, you know, ongoing different amounts of money at different times and you sort of think, oh, how am I going to manage this? But, you know, don't despair. Work out an average, you know, grab three months and, and sort of say, okay, what do I make in three months as such?
0: Okay, so that's good advice for freelancers. But what if we're on reduced hours because of the pandemic? Do we all just start podcasts? No, you better not. This is my turf. Back off.
1: For those that are receiving less income or have reduced their hours because of COVID, don't panic sit down, work out exactly what you've got in front of you and then reach out to those organisations. If you do have payments that that you can't afford to pay, speak to your bank. That's the first thing. Reach out to your bills, uh, your electricity, gas, and just say, I need to come up with a a payment plan here um, until I get back on track. Believe me, everyone will do it at this
0: stage. That's really interesting because I... I would never have thought to do that and I don't think I think many people just assume like again it's not consciously avoiding it or ignoring it but it's like you you get yourself in this hole where you're like you know it's you versus the world or this big system but there's there's a face that on the other side of that it's not Mm. it's not a machine that you're talking to okay so this was definitely news to me turns out some people online are in fact who they claim to be Unfortunately, just not the ones wearing bikinis sending me friend requests. In your experience, people, if you go to them and you're like, "This is my circumstances," then right. they will be willing to work with you and to definitely, yeah.
1: definitely. And that's um that's good building relationships, Serene, Building relationships and connecting with your providers. Um, yes, you may feel that it's a 1300 number at the end there, but if you reach out and obviously give them your circumstances, there is always a way around it in a certain way or something to set up and um, help you out along the way. Definitely. You take control, you prioritise and you commit. Three steps.
0: So remember, it really is that simple. The key to savings is make sure there's more coming in than what's going out. Aggie steps to help us get there? Step one, take control. This is the hardest hurdle. You've got to make the choice to sit down, take a look at your situation and decide if it's working for you. Step two, make priorities. What are your spending needs for spending once? Where can you cut costs? There's definitely things. Design it around your lifestyle, but be realistic. Set yourself goals. Think both short-term and long-term, like 7 to 10 years, and set yourself goals. These goals could be saving for something specific, like a deposit or a holiday, or they could be a target, like $1,000 in savings in six months' time. If you're someone who's got credit card debt, that's definitely a priority for the short-term. Focus on getting that balance down as soon as you can before thinking about your savings targets. Step three, commit. The bottom line is you got to be committed. One easy way to commit is to set up automatic payments. It's a neat trick because you only need to make the commitment once when you set up the payment. And then every subsequent month, without any further thought on your part, your phone bill is like, wow, this guy's committed. What would you save your last $20 for?
1: You know, okay, this isn't going to sound cheesy, is it? Go out with my girlfriend, sit down and have a, a nice panino and a nice, you know, a spritz with my 20 bucks. Definitely that's uh, some indulge- uh, an indulgement in life. In- yeah, yeah,
0: but the simple things still. Very simple. Just time with yeah, friends. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah,
1: definitely, definitely.
0: Um, well, thanks so much, Aggie. Uh, it's been wonderful chatting to you and, uh, yeah, I uh, look forward to the next time we chat.
1: I look forward to it. And hopefully the next time we chat, Serene, maybe we could do a pact and see what you've saved in the next, you know, uh, six months in your kitty. And we, I can talk about what I've saved in my kitty in the, la- in the next six months. That sounds and fun. Thanks, right. Serene. Thanks, it's Aggie. Been a, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you to Aggie and all our contributors. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Instagram. At Bendigo Bank Official, or tweet us at Bendigo Bank. Check out our other great episodes on everything from the psychology of money to how to actually buy a house to how to survive COVID. Well, financially, anyway. You can find out more about everything we've spoken about today at bendigobank.com.au forward slash life coach podcast. A quick reminder that the views expressed in this podcast are solely those of the relevant individual and do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of the Bendigo and Adelaide bank group. The information contained is current as at November 2020 and is subject to change without notice. Before making any investment or financial decision, you should seek independent advice and read the appropriate disclosure documents. This podcast was created for Bendigo Bank by Subverses and written and produced by Tanya Barbić Jason Sukadana, and me, Saren Jayamana. Also produced by Holly Jane and junior produced and researched by Tom Atkinson. All recording and post-production by Versus Studio.